From Muse by Clio and the Clio Awards, this is Tagline, the show about great ads and the people who make them. I'm Tim Nudd, Editor-in-Chief of Muse by Clio, and today we have a special episode of the show where we'll chat with a guy who's made plenty of headlines over the past week. Fernando Machado, one of the most creative CMOs in the business, has announced he's leaving RBI, where he's led the celebrated marketing for Burger King over the past seven plus years, and more recently, Popeyes and Tim Hortons as well. And he's heading to Activision, where he'll bring his unique brand of attention-getting work to one of the most creative and successful companies in the gaming space. I spoke with Fernando earlier this week, and we had a fun walk down memory lane looking back at his greatest hits for BK, and also chatting a bit about why he wanted to join Activision as well. And yes, spoiler alert, he is a big gamer. So coming up, it's Fernando Machado on his journey from Proud Whopper to Moldy Whopper, and everything in between, and why it's the perfect time to get into gaming, where entertainment meets community, and where the creative promise is quite simply as limitless as one's imagination. Season one of Tagline is brought to you by GSTV. For those of you who may not be familiar, there's a good chance you watch GSTV every time you fuel up. GSTV is a national video network that's had incredible growth, now reaching 92 million viewers a month with a unique one-to-one moment of attention. Think about it. What campaign would you run with that moment? On Tagline, we're discussing some of the most memorable spots in history. Imagine how those campaigns, or your next one, could be creatively transformed in context on GSTV. To fuel your next creative campaign, visit gstv.com slash tagline. So, Fernando, congrats on the new gig and on all seven years of great work at RBI. Um, wondering what made you want to make a move right now? Yeah, look, I mean, I've been here for um, a little bit over seven years now, right? I joined end of 2013, beginning of 14, and the company today is very different than uh, what it was back then. You know, uh, I think we really built like a, a marketing culture, a marketing team. Uh, we really put like the brands at the, the center uh, of like uh, of the vision in terms of like what we're trying to accomplish here. Uh, and we made so much progress in terms of, of like being a little bit better balanced between short term and long term, uh, investing behind sustainability, investing behind improving the quality of the food and definitely like pushing creativity to, to the level where it should be. You know, like, let's not forget that this brand also had a golden age uh, of CPB, Russ Klein, doing really amazing work uh, back like 12, 13 years ago. And then uh, I became like CMO for, for the three brands here, right? I mean, uh, Burger King, Tim Hortons, and Popeyes, uh, which, which was also super exciting for me uh, because it's, it's a good like, way to refresh uh, uh, what you're doing and have to think about a different, slightly different target audience and definitely like a very different brand in terms of personality and, and, and whatnot. And even like the, the center of gravity of the, of the categories. And we built a really, really strong team. You know, like uh, when I look at uh, uh, the brand teams that we have, not just on the RBI side, but also uh, on, the, uh, on the countries, right? I mean, because we have master franchises leading uh, most of our countries. Uh, uh, it's a really, really powerful team. I mean, we have ideas basically like coming from everywhere. It's not just the team that's sitting in Miami coming up with ideas. So it, it, so to me, it felt like 
uh, a good time to leave and, and, and start maybe like a, a new cycle. You know, like I think that one of the objects that I have, uh, and I think that CMOs, the ones that I know uh, that I believe do a good job, they, they all do is like they prepare the team to run without him or her. You know, uh, and I think that we have such a powerful team here that uh, they will be able to continue doing a great work long after I'm gone. And, uh, and for me, it was time to kind of like uh, accelerate my learning curve again, you know, like and start a new journey. Like I had 18 years of Unilever uh, before uh, joining RPI. That was my own, my first and only job until I joined RPI. Uh, then I joined Burger King, right? That's, it was not even RBI uh, back then. Uh, and, and spent like almost seven and a half years here. Uh, so it feels like uh, what else can I do in terms of uh, learning and, and developing myself uh, and technology and digital definitely like jump to me as like a, a, an industry uh, that um, where I could learn a lot. Like as much as I've done digital transformation uh, projects and as much as we invested so much to grow our digital presence and, and to leverage digital uh, in terms of improving guest experience here at RBI, it's not necessarily like a digitally native company. You know, and uh, and when the opportunity came, uh, when Activision Blizzard um, uh, reached out, look, I mean, uh, it's an industry that I personally love. Uh, I play like I'm a gamer. I uh, it's an industry where I know I will learn a lot. It feels like the future, you know, like entertainment, digital. Everyone I've met there, uh, uh, like I felt that were people who, uh, who who were very ambitious and want to continue to do great work because they already do great work, right? I mean, it's no wonder Call of Duty is the success it is or World of Warcraft or Candy Crush or Overwatch. So I join a very strong team uh, and hopefully I'll be able to help them continue to do great work uh, and learn a lot in the process. So it felt like a good time, you know, like, uh, and it felt like the right move uh, because it's uh, like it's very complementary to my past experience in consumer goods and now uh, QSR hospitality. So uh, I realize it's kind of absurd to go through seven years of work in one interview, but um, let's give it a shot. Your first big award winner for BK was Proud Whopper in 2014. Um, tell us about that one. Look, I mean, we like uh, we sourced a lot of the inspiration from from what we've done from the work that that BK has done in the past. You know, like uh, our work here started with us trying to understand how the Burger King brand was built and, and, and almost like trying to decode like uh, why we like so much things like Whopper Freak Out, Whopper Virgins, Whopper Sacrifice, Subsurgent Chicken, you know, like all those like amazing pieces of work uh, from the brand. And, uh, and, and so it was basically like positioning work, you know, like doing brand anthropology, archaeology, and then trying to understand how this brand became what it was. Uh, and, and, and from there, not try to reinvent, but like maybe try to modernize a little bit some of that, right? And, and, and for a brand that has been uh, inviting people to have it their way uh, for so long, it felt very natural uh, to kind of like extend that invitation uh, beyond just the products, right? I think that today people connect with brands uh, at different levels. Uh, and, and, and then the brands that I admire, they offer a connection that's much deeper than just the product or the service that you offer. 
sure, the product and service needs to be great, else people are not going to come back, but you need to build from there, right? So uh, when we thought about people having their way, and when we thought about the type of brand that we wanted to build, diversity and inclusion uh, were like automatic, like um, popping um, as like something that we, we, could, we could be doing better both internally uh, as a company and externally. So we engaged with the human rights campaign, uh, which calculates the corporate equality index. Uh, back then, our corporate equality index was 55 out of 100, which is pretty low. Uh, we, we brought them to our office. We had a conversation about like what we should be doing to improve. Uh, and we put a program in place uh, to do that. And then in parallel, we had this idea, which was Proud Whopper. And Proud Whopper was basically like us leveraging our most iconic product to send a message of equality. In 2014, we sponsored uh, the Pride Parade in uh, New York. We sponsored the Pride Parade in, um, uh, in San Francisco. Uh, and we activated the Proud Whopper during, uh, during the parades. And we did a short film with Henry, uh, not a short film, like a, a two, three-minute film with Henry Alex Rubin to kind of like show uh, what we're doing. By the way, Henry Alex Rubin was the same guy who shot Whopper Freakout. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we always try to, we, that's what we were trying to do, you know, like to bring back that magic uh, that CPB and Russ uh, like managed to capture. And, uh, and it was a huge success. Uh, like obviously, like there are always people who uh, uh, who don't like or that complain or uh, that don't feel that the brand should have a view on things like that. But we felt we could, uh, and we felt we should, uh, because that's like also a, a role that I believe brands can play in terms of the society and people in general. Uh, so it was super successful. I'm like apologies for the pun, but like I'm really proud of Proud Whopper. I still have letters of complaints uh, around Proud Whopper. It was absolutely the right thing to do, which, by the way, it started the movement both internally and externally for the brand to be doing more on that front. So we like we sponsor Pride Parades across the globe every year. Uh, we did Whopper Diamond. We did Pride Riders. We did uh, uh, the the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Ronald and, and 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 the King kissing. Uh, I think it was in in Helsinki. Like we are always doing stuff like that in Brazil. We have products that are inspired by pride. And we raised our corporate self index from 55 to 85, then to 90, then to 95. And over the past two, three years, it has been 100, uh, which like it makes me very proud because like it's not just an ad, right? I mean, we're trying to do things that really like change the way the culture internally and the culture uh, externally uh, with campaigns like that and with the activities that we've done. Yeah, I feel like Proud Whopper also set the tone for a lot of the stuff that you would do later where, you know, you would do something at just a few locations and then count on the PR lift to kind of drive the results, right? Yeah, like uh, when I think about, about it today, yes, but it was not necessarily um, articulated that way. You know, like uh, we wanted to be in the relevant place. So we, uh, we had our restaurant right at the end of, I think it's Market Street in San Francisco. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while. Uh, but like uh, that's like the parade almost like ended uh, at that restaurant. Uh, and then we sponsored the parade and we gave like crown, rainbow crowns to everyone. They were like a massive success during the parade. I was there uh, uh, on the parade distributing crowns. I still have the pictures. I probably had less gray hair uh, back then. Um, and, uh, 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 and we did it in New York because we also knew it would be huge. 
But that was kind of like the main driver of the, the decision in terms of doing on those two restaurants. All right. So the year after Proud Whopper, you have your first truly enormous PR success with McWhopper, where you suggested to McDonald's that the two companies make a burger together. And I like this one because on the one hand, it seems like a gesture of peace, and I guess it is, but it's also a little bit of the underdog kind of controlling the narrative, right, against the market leader. And also, you know, ribbing McDonald's would certainly become a regular strategy of yours over the years. Fast food is a fun category, right? I mean, you go to a fast food restaurant, any brand really, uh, you're going to see families and, and people having fun. Uh, and, and if you think about Burger King as a brand, it, it is a brand that's very self-deprecating, uh, that's always like, that doesn't take itself too seriously, uh, that's always trying to do something fun. So it's almost like we try to be the fun brand in a fun category. Like McDonald's also does really fun and cool stuff. KFC does cool and fun stuff. Wendy's does cool and fun stuff. Domino's does, yeah. So it's a category that can accommodate for that. Yeah, we are like, uh, we are perceived, it's almost like the Coke and Pepsi thing, you know, like we are perceived as being like this nemesis, uh, like arc rivals, McDonald's and uh, NBK. Uh, reality is that there is a tone of respect uh, between the two companies. In fact, when they did McWhopper, uh, the CMO, uh, the global CMO for McDonald's back then uh, was Sylvia, who was my boss at Unilever uh, and someone who uh, I, I'm a big fan of. I mean, she was the one who led uh, the, the work from uh, Campaign for Real Beauty back in 2004, 2006. Uh, and we still keep tabs. So like a, a huge respect there. So I, I think that when Burger King pokes fun of our competitor, uh, and yes, it's true that we poke fun more out on of McDonald's than, than other competitors, but we also poke fun of KFC and Wendy's and, and vice versa. We we do it in a way that uh, that shouldn't be harsh. You know what I mean? Like it's not like punching the face of the. You know, it's not like aggressive. Like when when we are doing it right, it has a certain tone. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's um it's like um I don't know if you do that, but like me with my friends on WhatsApp, we are making fun of each other all the time. Uh, and like, uh, and that's just the way it is. Um, so uh, when Mac Whopper came to the table, uh, it came from uh, YNR New Zealand uh, and the local client in New Zealand saw the idea, recognized it was a very powerful idea, uh, but felt it could be much bigger if we did it globally. So they reached out to me and, uh, and I love the idea. Axel Schwamm, who was uh, the CMO from Burger King back then, was my boss. I was head of marketing. Uh, I also love the idea. Uh, and, uh, and we worked with YNR New Zealand to, to make it happen. Uh, and it was like probably like the first really big one uh, that we did. Because like Proud Whopper was big, but in terms of like uh, talkability and impressions, uh, uh, Mac Whopper was probably like tenfold uh, in terms of size. Uh, and, and, it, and it had, like, that's the other thing. Like, usually when we do something like this, you get a peak of talkability and then it dies out, right? Mac Whopper had like three peaks. Like, it was like when we put the letter inviting McDonald's to create the Mac Whopper. Then the second one was when they said no. Then the third one was when we uh, embraced all the brands that we wanted to partner to do it. And then there was a fourth one, which was when we did. Um, uh, and it was all done in partnership with Peace One Day, uh, with Jeremy Gilly, who is the founder. Uh, so it was a really fun activity for a good cause uh, uh, that brought smiles to everyone. I mean, that was like everywhere. Like uh, you, everyone saw Mac Whopper. I mean, only if you live under a rock, you would not have seen Mac Whopper because it was basically like everywhere. 
you did uh, also a lot of Halloween stuff for BK, right? Um, dressing up a Burger King location in Queens as the ghost of McDonald's, and also um, probably most famously, Scary Clown Night, uh, which was amazing. Yes, but like uh, it's a perfect um, occasion for BK. You know what I mean? Like, because the brand is a bit prankster. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and Halloween is kind of like this kind of like prankster, um, a little bit prankster of a date. Uh, uh, and Scary Clown Night uh, came from Lola uh, in, in Madrid, Moon and Lola. Lola. Uh, and it was a really simple idea. Uh, it was basically like um, for Halloween, if you come dressed as a clown, uh, we give you a free water. Uh, and uh, we activated like in many, many markets in Brazil, it was a massive success. Uh, in the US, it was very successful too. We activated in many other markets in Europe. So so it was a really fun one. I also remember the stunt you did in Germany uh, with the movie It, kind of a Halloween thing also, um, where you put the BK logo in the end credits of the movie uh, with the line, something like, never trust a clown. Oh yeah, that's funny too. Yeah, but Grabbers is awesome. You know what I mean? Like uh, they, um, it's an agency that has a black pencil on their CV like uh, with uh, the, the Nazi walk, you know, like the Nazi versus Nazi. I mean, I think it's from a long time ago, but you probably remember that one. And uh, and we've done lots of things with, with grabbers uh, and partners. And and that was a re- very simple one. It was like when the It movie uh, was coming, right? Uh, after the movie, when you have the credits, we'll project like Never Trust a Clown uh, or something like this. And, and it's just like, it's just like a good laugh. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because it's like, it's just a joke and people get it. Uh, and even if you are crazy about McDonald's, you would laugh at that one because we, I think that you basically, you get it, that you're not being too serious about anything really. All right, uh, another one that got tons of play, Google Home of the Whopper, where you guys aired a TV spot uh, that got people's Google Home devices talking. Um, so that one must've been pretty fun to come up with. That was huge, yes. Uh, yeah, I remember that one very uh, clearly. Like. Um, I was um, I was in the office uh, in Miami, and then he can one call me uh, from David Miami, and said, "Man, you have to come here immediately. Come to the agency immediately." And I was like, "Guys, I mean, I'm having I was having a bad day that day. I don't even remember why I was having a bad day, but I remember it was not a good day because I remember t- telling them, man, I'm having a really bad day here. Do you want me to drop everything I'm doing and come to the agency?'" And I, yeah, like, uh, and I used to live like three blocks from the agency anyway. So okay, cool. So I closed my laptop, drove to the agency. Uh, and then it was just this long table and there was weekend one. I think it was just the two of them. And then they said, you have to you have to see this. And then they played on the TV, a film that was done on an iPhone uh, of Juan saying like, uh, okay, Google, what's the Whopper sandwich? And then I didn't even realize, but there was a Google Home on the table. <laughs> and then the Google Home reacted. Uh, and then I was like, holy shit, man. Like, are you serious? Like, and they were like, we want to create the longest 15 second spot ever. And like, what the hell do you mean? Like, well, it's it's long, it's the longest because it starts on TV and then it breaks the fourth wall and uh, and you have the end of the spot uh, on your house. And we knew that back then there were only like 200,000 Google Homes or smart devices like that. It was just the beginning. And uh, uh, so it was never about generating reach by surprising people. It was more about creating a, a, a moment and, and have everyone talking about this, that Burger King did an ad that triggered Google Home device in the house of people. Because like you would never, like even if everyone 
were with the Google Home next to the TV, watching the ad uh, uh, when it broke, uh, it would still be a low reach. Uh, so uh, so we just like we went for it. We did lots of tests to make sure it would work. And I remember like I remember like that I I, pre I presented uh, at the Burger King in the office to my team and to the leadership with the, the exact same way they did presenting. Everyone's heads exploded. Um, and I remember like spending like two three days with the Google Home on my desk. And every like twenty minutes, someone would come and say like, "Hi, hi, Fernando, can you show?" Uh, uh, Joe, like uh, the think, uh, and then I would play, and the guy would be like, "Oh my god!" And then 20 minutes later, someone else would come. Hey, Fernando, sorry to interrupt. Can you show Tim like the the, the think working? Like everyone, and literally, like I had uh, dozens of people coming to my desk uh, to see how the think would work. So you knew uh, it would grab people's attention just based on out of that, right? And then we launched the campaign. And uh, we launched first, like releasing the video on YouTube uh, and pitching the press saying that you, we would run the ad at night. That, that was the plan to run just for one night. And Google uh, basically like released a, a patch to, to the device to stop it from working. Basically like recognizing the voice uh, and stopping uh, the, the, the recording, uh, stopping the, it to play. And, uh, and we saw, and this is like in the space of hours, we saw what they were doing. So we recorded the spot with different voices. Uh, we just played with the, with the audio uh, to change the voice. And, uh, and we released on that same night, like four or five different versions of the spot and it worked. Uh, so again, it was like a lot of talkability when we, um, when we released to press that we would be doing that. Then a lot of talkability, uh, uh, a lot of talkability when, um, it, uh, it, it they blocked us, and then the next day again a lot of talkability uh, because it worked, and and that one was uh, similar to Mac Whopper. It was everywhere, like uh, everywhere. Once again, thanks to our sponsor of today's episode, GSTV. Readers of Muse by Clio may remember that Tombris and their client Moonpie aired a fun and memorable spot for the Super Bowl, featuring the wonderful and quirky Moonpie Child. That spot wasn't on television, but on GSTV, and created completely with the context in mind. While an unusual choice, it makes complete sense considering GSTV is a national video network just steps away from where moon pies are sold. Could GSTV fuel your next creative campaign? To get started, visit gstv.com tagline. All right, let's talk about burning stores. I mean, your print work in general, uh, very provocative and fun, uh, much like your other work. Uh, with Burning Stores, you showed actual news photos of Burger Kings on fire with the line flame grilled since 1954. Um, so these to me seem, um, you know, made for social media, kind of like, you know, transparency gone berserk, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like people get it. A lot of print work that we do, a lot of out of home work that we do, uh, the intention is really like to get traction in social, right? I mean, uh, uh, and that's why we make it so visual. Uh, and, and in the case of Burning Stores, like one of the briefs that we that we had uh, and that we still have was to talk about the fact that we flame grill, uh, right? I mean, that's one of the key points of differentiation for the brand. Uh, our burgers are flame broil, uh, so we, we cook over fire. And, uh, and we're always looking for creative ways to land that message. Uh, and because the brand is so self-deprecating and doesn't take itself too seriously, we, uh, we thought like, look, I mean, we have all these pictures of like restaurants on fire, 
which happens, you know, like uh, in, in the industry, it's not just Burger King, but like, even if, if you Google you my competitors, you will find them also on fire. Um, but I don't think that they would ever leverage that in advertising because fire is not their thing, right? I mean, they cook over a flat top grill. But in our case, because of the type of brand we are, and because we want to lend the message that we cook over fire, it's almost like a print that is almost like the headline could have been like shit happens. You know, like if you're playing with fire, if you cook over fire, shit happens. And, and that's why we did it. And, and people got it. You know, uh, uh, that's the thing. Like sometimes we uh, uh, people got it because we did the way we did, focusing uh, in a specific target audience and, uh, and betting that it would uh, it would get picked up by press and social media. Right. I mean, if you share that in social media, you 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 got it. Uh, and uh, and usually people who follow you or that are your friends will probably get it too, you know. Like, uh, uh, and one thing that we don't do is to kind of like bring all our audience to the most common denominator. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because then you will not be able to do that type of work. You know, like uh, if if you if you are doing work that's like, will everyone understand it? You know, like uh, no, I don't think everyone would understand or appreciate. Uh, but the ones that do, they will love. Uh, and because people today consume media like flip, flipping, flicking like uh, on their iPhone or on their phones, like uh, if they don't like something, who cares? They, they just move on, you know, like, but if you really hit a nerve with something that they love, then they will share and they will care. So that was the game uh, we were playing um, here. Uh, and burning stores definitely applies to that. All right, here's one that relates to your future in gaming, the Stevenage campaign where you sponsor a lower division English soccer team just so you can get the BK logo on their jersey, which in turn would then make it into the FIFA video game. Um, yeah, I thought this was a pretty, just a pretty awesome hack. Man, like that was like, we are always trying, to, we always try to think about things about like, how can we hack into something? You know, like how can we be part of that? Uh, we know that gaming is really important for uh, for QSR in general. Uh, when I was a kid, like I would pause the game and, and go have dinner. You know what I mean? I could do that. But today you can't, right? I mean, most games are played live. If you're playing Call of Duty, if you're playing uh, FIFA, you can't pause the game. Um, and, uh, and that's why um, uh, delivery and, and fast food QSR uh, tend to over-index with gamers. You know, like uh, um, so. So we are all, we were always looking for opportunities to tap into that passion point, and uh, uh, and we've done uh, Burger Club even before doing Stephen Age. Uh, we just did Menu Court, uh, for, for, uh, uh, which was another activation uh, on gaming. Um, and in the case of Stephen Age, I think it was a wild, awesome idea, because in, in the case of Google Home, we had the idea and we implemented in two weeks. Right. In the case of Stephen H, it took us a year because I had to sponsor the soccer team, wait for the new kit to come with the logo, then wait for FIFA to be launched, the new version, with the logo, to then be able to activate. You know, so it was like one of those that we said, we would work. I don't know, but let's do it. Sponsor the team. Step one. All right. Well, we have to talk about Eat Like Andy. Uh, of course, the 2019 Super Bowl commercial with Andy Warhol uh, eating the Whopper for 45 seconds with almost no sound. Um, we've talked about this before. I know you kind of like the fact that it finished dead last in the USA Today ad meter, right? We do. I do. 
<laughs> Look, but like, um, and, and, and again, that was not necessarily the objective, but like uh, for sure we discussed even before uh, doing the campaign, uh, we had a conversation about, hey, uh, this is like, this is not aiming to uh, win uh, the, uh, the ad meter uh, because that's not like what's going to happen. Uh, we kind of like, after doing so many of these campaigns, we, we, we develop like a good sense for what we think is going to happen, you know? We stumbled on the footage from Angie Warrow like uh, eating a Whopper. Uh, it was shot years ago. And, uh, and we always thought like from the beginning, from the first time we saw it, we were like, we have to find a way to leverage this. You know, this is like no brand, ha- no brand can have this. Like we could not have this if we wanted, right? I mean, it's like, uh, uh, it's impossible. Uh, and it's amazing. And we have to leverage. Like what, what would be the best way to leverage? And it took us like, in the, even though the answer is pretty obvious, and that happens a lot. Huh? Uh, we didn't know, like we took a while for us to think, oh, why don't we put it on the Super Bowl? Because Super Bowl is like this place where full, filled with celebrities uh, and all campaigns are loud and music and cars and explosions and funny. Uh, and this, we used to call it like, we'll be the silent assassin. You know, it's like literally like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. It was 45 uh, seconds of silence. We didn't even put a music uh, uh, on the thing. And we knew that, uh, uh, we knew that Angie Warrow was still current. You know, we did the analysis to see uh, how many followers uh, he has or his work has in Instagram, Twitter, and this and that, and compare with other celebrities that were on the Super Bowl, and he beats most of them. So we knew he would be relevant. And we knew that in a group setting, uh, and that's how people used to watch Super Bowl, right? I mean, before the pandemic, someone would know who that guy was. Uh, and it would be a great conversation starter, right? I mean, you would have Andy Warhol playing as the silent assassin in the middle of the Super Bowl, and then people would be like, what the hell was that? Uh, and then someone in the room would be like, that's Angie Warhol. Like, there is no F way that was Angie Warhol. And then people would Google uh, to see what the hell was that. Uh, and that was exactly what happened. You know, like, uh, we, uh, Angie Warhol and Burger King were the most searched terms uh, during the whole Super Bowl. And, like, and the curve basically like, dwarfs everything else. And the sentiment uh, moved from uh, negative, puzzled, confused, to becoming much more positive after people understood. Uh, the thing is like when people are voting to their leader, they either vote before or vote during. So there was a lot of confusion in what the hell just happened, like when the voting happened. And that's why we said, I mean, don't expect to rank high because it's probably going to rank at the bottom uh, since people will be like, what the hell was that? Uh, and it's so different than everything else that, uh, 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 that was there. All right, Whopper Detour, um, certainly one of the most awarded campaigns in history. Um, great use of tech with geolocation. Uh, I have to figure this has to be one of your favorites, if not your favorite, right? Look, I mean, uh, it's like asking uh, a, a parent to pick which kid he or she likes the most. Like uh, the tour to me, um, we were playing with technology nonstop. You know what I mean? Like uh, Burger Club uh, was also technology. Like uh, we were trying to do things with technology all the time. Uh, we had never done anything with geolocation, uh, which was technology that was available, right? I mean, it's not new, not geolocation. 
and and I, and the thing I love about Open Tour is that it it was it shows the power of the achievement and it shows that an idea uh, can deliver the right business result. Uh, uh, like we uh, we were launching mobile order and payment. Uh, we were not the first to launch, not the second. We were like one of the last brands to launch mobile order and payment. Everyone had mobile order and payment. The coffee shop, one block from the building I used to live, had mobile order and payment. The guy has one restaurant in the United States. Um, so no big news at all. Uh, and, uh, and all the brands did the classic, like, oh, download our app and order the first sandwich for free. Or we did that. Everyone did that. And no one cares. About any of that, you know, like um, uh, you have so so many other more important things to think about in your life that, like, uh, thinking that you're going to get a two dollar cheeseburger for free is like it's not really that relevant. So we knew we had we we needed to have an idea that would make people care and make people share. Uh, and then uh, FCB New York uh, came up with an idea first that was like kind of like Wapa the Tour. Uh, and we put our finger on the idea and thought, well, there is something here. And we started to work with Ari uh, and with Gabriel and the team there. Uh, and then uh, one month, two months later, it became Wapa the Tour. That's the other thing. And I'm saying that because I think it's important, especially for the, the guys on the client side, like ideas grow, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I think it's important to trust your intuition and, and your criteria and like, oh, there is something here it may not necessarily be exactly this, but there is something here that I like, and, and that's continue to play with it. And that's how Wapa the Tour became Wapa the Tour, and, uh, and it still is like the best ROI we've got with any digital campaign we've done. Uh, and by the way, it took us a year to do it because of the functionality of geofencing. We didn't have that for our restaurants, which is around 7,000, and we had to do that plus McDonald's, which is around 15,000. So it took us a year to develop that and make sure it was working uh, properly. In the process of doing that, that's the other thing I've learned. Uh, every time you stretch yourself with an idea that has to do with technology, you end up learning so much that whatever you learn, you can use later on in other ideas. You know, like it's almost like when, he, when human race said, I want to put a man in the moon or I want to go to the moon. Uh, yeah, sure. Like you need to develop lots of things, but the technology that was developed during that journey uh, uh, yields like return uh, over that investment for decades, right? Uh, uh, today, I can send a push notification if you're going to McDonald's. I couldn't do that uh, before, you know, just as a CD example, right? Uh, so we've learned so much uh, with Opera Tour, and it definitely is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, if I have to pick what's my V1 favorite, I would have to pick Moldy Whopper. Uh, uh, over the tour. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Moldy Whopper. Uh, campaign from 2020, obviously made a big uh, splash in the industry, uh, but also another one that didn't uh, put the product exactly in the best light, right? Yeah, so look, I, 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 I think it does put the product in, in a good light. Uh, because like, let me, let, and let me explain why and where, where that thing came from. So people uh, were, were already putting sandwiches in glass jars and for years uh, and watching this sandwich not decompose you know what i mean like uh, um it, there was there is a hostel i think in uh Reykjavik, uh that when mcdonald's left the country this is when the, there was a crisis in, in iceland uh when they closed the last mcdonald's the guy took a cheeseburger 
and I think it's a cheeseburger or maybe a hamburger, and put them a glass jar in this hostel, and they have this camera that shows the sandwich 24 hours a day, which I think is really funny. It has been there for like, I don't even know, eight, 10 years, um, and it still looks okay, you know? Uh, so people get it that if food doesn't go bad, there is something wrong with the food. So that's where the idea comes from. Uh, what's behind the idea it's also all the work that we've been doing in terms of removing artificial ingredients from the food, uh, which is work that we started like four or five years ago. You know, like uh, we said, we are going to remove all colors, flavors, and preservatives from artificial sources. We are going to remove MSG. We are going to remove high fructose corn syrup out of the three brands that we have globally. And US being like uh, the largest country for the gay, we definitely like pushed a lot of that effort here. And, uh, uh, and last year, when we did Modi Whopper, uh, was the year where we reached some important milestones in terms of having a Whopper that's 100% free from all ingredients from artificial sources. Uh, we closed the year with the whole portfolio in the US around 92% clean. When you say clean, it's like free from colors, flavors, and preservatives from artificial sources. Uh, we, and we reached that same milestone in Europe and like Latin America, many markets in Latin America, Korea, China. Uh, and this year we are going to finish to be 100%, which I think is amazing, right? I mean, uh, if you think of like all the artificial ingredients that we remove, it's like, I, if I recall correctly, I think the case study talks about 38 statues of liberty uh, of artificial preservatives, which is insane uh, because of our volume is so high. So uh, we had to do something to announce this. And we did do the classic like product advertising or kind of like testimonial with people talking about the fact that the product doesn't have this and doesn't have that. And again here, just like the mobile order and payment example, it's like in the ranking of all things that as a human you are concerned about, what Burger King puts in, our, in the food probably comes very low. Uh, so if you just go with the standard approach of being very didactic or being very rational uh, and, and just talking straight about what's going on there, uh, people don't pay attention, you know? And it's not me saying that, we tested that. Like we run spots that were much more straightforward and uh, didactic and no one cares, you know? Like, so we had to do something that would move people out of their comfort zone and, and, make, and demand attention. You know, uh, and, 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 and showing the Whopper, which is our main product, molding over 30-something days, for that to work, it, it needs to have a certain level of craft uh, that makes it mesmerizing. You know, it's almost like you know you shouldn't like it, but you like to watch. You know, it's almost hypnotic. It's, it makes mold look beautiful. You know, so I, I, I remember watching a presentation once from Hegarty, uh, where he said a great execution is 80% the idea and 80% the, the craft. And here, I think it's an amazing idea with impeccable craft. Uh, uh, and it was painful uh, to produce uh, and to have that level of craft. It, it feels like effortless uh, and it takes a lot of work <laughs> to make something look that effortless. Uh, and it was an amazing uh, achievement from uh, Ingo, uh, who uh, led the charge together with uh, uh, David and, uh, and publicists. We all came together because they all had some sort of version uh, of the idea. And, 
And with everyone chiming in, like we made the, the idea in the execution better. And to me, that's probably like, I would say together with sketches from my past life, the, and, and the tour comes there very close, but I, I still think that Moji is more disruptive and more of a instant classic uh, in terms of advertising. Obviously, behind all these campaigns is a belief in creativity as the ultimate competitive advantage. Um, can you elaborate on your thoughts about that? Yeah, look, I mean, um, we all like have like very tough competitors out there. Uh, no matter what your size is, you will never you will never have enough budget to do everything you want. And it's not like people are sitting there on their couches anxiously waiting to see your advertising. You know what I mean? Like I watch TV looking at my cell phone. Uh, you know, like I think we all are kind of like guilty of doing that to some extent. <laughs> For you to uh, pay attention to something, whether it's a product design or advertising, it, it needs to it needs to give something back. You know, like in terms of the storytelling, in terms of the idea, in terms of making you laugh, making you cry, shocking. You know, like uh, and, and that's where creativity can play uh, an important role. You know, like uh, it can be the dollar multiplier uh, on your media plan. Uh, it can make people pay attention. You know, uh, another quote, uh, and again, I'm not reading the quote, so maybe they're not 100% accurate, but a quote from Bill Bernbach is, uh, if people don't pay attention to your communication, um, everything else is academic. You know, like, uh, and I think creativity can help you uh, accomplish that, to have people paying attention, engaging, sharing, caring about what you're advertising or, or the product that you're putting forward. So we talked a little bit about Activision at the beginning. Can you talk a bit more about what's exciting to you about the gaming space and about Activision specifically? Look, I mean, I, I'm super excited with the opportunity. Like, uh, I love the space. Uh, my friends know that, like, uh, that I play <laughs> more than I should. And I think it's the future, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's entertainment, it's digital, it's communities. Uh, and I'm just excited to have uh, amazing brands like Call of Duty, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, could go on, Diablo, could go on and on and on, uh, talking about the, the titles that they built over time. I think I will learn a lot. I uh, work in FMCG. I work in uh, QSR. Uh, I did a lot of digital stuff uh, with these projects, but with these brands and these companies, but I never worked on a place that were like, um, digitally native, like it was born uh, that way. And everyone I had the chance to meet there uh, seems to be awesome. You know, like they are incredibly successful company with incredibly successful teams that develop like franchises that uh, have been around for years. Uh, and, and, and not just being around, but like they are top sellers on their respective categories. So uh, at the moment, like uh, I haven't even started, right? I mean, I start officially like uh, next week, uh, but I'm trying to um, read as much as I can about the space, talk with some of the guys that are there that I knew uh, from, uh, from before. Uh, and I'm just sheer excitement of uh, being able to work together with them and, and being part of that team. Well, congrats on a great run at RBI, and I know everyone's going to be watching to see what you do in gaming, um, where the sky's really the limit for creativity, right? Thanks, man. And, and look, I mean, I leave uh, RBI knowing that the great work will continue. 
you know, like uh, we have, as I said in the beginning, like we have really like amazing marketing teams uh, um, and, and awesome people uh, that are incredibly ambitious creatively. And, uh, and I'm excited to see uh, what they will be able to do, you know, like uh, with the three brands that we have, not just uh, BK. I know that there is lots of really cool stuff coming and I will be always cheering from them uh, now from the sidelines. Uh, but like a BK is, uh, BK Popeyes and Timothy's on my heart. And like, uh, it's not because I'm moving elsewhere that I'll stop like uh, cheering for them. Like uh, they, are, they are great friends and great people. Uh, and I'm confident they will continue to do amazing stuff. Yeah, it's been fun looking back at this old work too. Yes, I mean, it's like a taking like, a, it's like memory lane, you know, like, <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and, and we could go on and on, you know, like a bullying junior, weapon neutrality, uh, Mac mentions like uh, we did so much like um, great stuff for this brand. Like even the Popeye, we haven't spoken about Popeyes, the chicken sandwich, or like uh, Tangies for all that we just did, or like uh, the Ivy Park, like that look from Popeyes, which is already getting uh, recognition uh, in terms of creativity. Uh, and, and Tim Hortons is like this powerful brand in Canada uh, that we are starting to uh, unlock again. You know, uh, uh, with Snow People, which the campaign that they did end of the year, uh, and uh, uh, he knew focus on poor quality and and and, and doing work uh, with a great agency, which has got uh, Toronto and, and, and Miami. So uh, I, I'm really excited about the work that we've done, uh, and I'm really excited about what's yet to come. This episode of Tagline was brought to you by GSTV. Every day, millions of Americans get in their vehicles and go. Fueling drives commutes, commerce, and connection. And that's when GSTV has the undivided attention of one in three adults every month. GSTV's national video network owns a unique moment for innovative storytelling when consumers are engaged, taking action today, and influenced for tomorrow. Fuel your next creative campaign with GSTV. To get started, visit gstv.com tagline.